Well, I invite you to turn uh, to our passage this morning. Uh, if you want, using the bulletin, it's over on page 3, or opening your Bible, it's 2 Corinthians 1. Uh, we began uh, a new year, new sermon series in the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, we started this passage last week, but we said it's so, such a great introduction, so rich and so valuable uh, we're going to take our time and do it in two parts. So if you didn't catch part one, you, you can go back and, and listen to it or watch it online on our website. Uh, but I'll actually give a little quick recap so you'll get, everybody can get up to speed. But it's, it's this subject that's so important for all of us, dealing with affliction and comfort and even key in on those ideas as we, as we read the passage again, 2 Corinthians 1, verses 1 to 11. Listen to God's very word. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he, will he and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Well, let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you would use your word that you would send it forth even here, uh, that we would know you better, know your, the hope and comfort that's in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week we said that this passage, and really the whole book, uh, takes our assumptions and flips them upside down. Uh, our assumptions specifically about affliction and comfort, about strength and weakness, uh, those, those assumptions, those things that, okay, maybe we never actually say them out loud, but, but deep down, we, we, we tend to believe. Uh, we, we tend to be guided when hard times come in our thoughts and guided in our actions. And, uh, and, and here it is about this most important subject, uh, affliction. Affliction. So, so what, what, are, what are some of the assumptions that we tend to just, tend to just buy into? Well, two of them we talked about last week. Here's the recap. Uh, assumption number one. Uh, if I was a good Christian, 
this affliction wouldn't feel so hard. If I was a good Christian, this affliction wouldn't seem uh, so hard. We saw how Paul took that one and flipped it on its head with his very life, actually. Uh, You know, if anybody gets the the good Christian award, it's got to be Paul, right? Well, yet he tells us this personal experience. The Holy Spirit makes sure it gets into our Bible, where Paul uses this really powerful language. Verse 8, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. So, an affliction that apparently was really hard and felt really hard. So here's here's Mr. Good Christian himself, uh, but apparently uh, he, he doesn't give up that, that Good Christian award because he goes through something hard and it actually feels hard. So, so you see that assumption, oh, well, if I was a good Christian, this wouldn't feel so difficult. Paul flips that upside down. No, actually no. Actually no. Okay, so here's the, here's the next assumption. Uh, affliction is to be feared and thus avoided at all costs. Affliction is to be feared and thus avoided at all costs. And here we took in that really powerful promise that God gives in verse 4. That he is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. Now, that God promises to his people that he will comfort us in every affliction. Uh, That he's going to tenderly draw near to us, his people, and he will comfort. He will do something. Uh, we, We said sometimes it takes different forms. We use Paul's life, okay? So, so verse 8 and following, there's Paul, uh, and God coming to him in that affliction, and he's, God's comfort looks like God taking away the affliction. He, he delivered him out of it. No more hardship. Paul's delivered. Sometimes God's comfort looks like that. We also looked at Paul at the end of 2 Corinthians to see another affliction where God doesn't immediately take it away. Paul's thorn in the flesh. But there, God still comforts, but his comfort looks slightly different. It looks like God powerfully showing up to make Paul strong in the midst of his weakness. So God promises that he will comfort. Sometimes it looks different, uh, but it's a promise. He will comfort his people. Uh, in each and every affliction. Uh, so that doesn't make that doesn't make trials and suffering easy or fun, but maybe it means it's not to be feared, uh, as such that we get into this frantic life quest to avoid it uh, at every cost. God promises real comfort. Maybe we don't have to fear it. So God's taking our assumptions and flipping them upside down. Here's here's a couple that God's going to challenge uh, today. How about this? The assumption that affliction is basically pointless. Uh, Affliction is what keeps you from being useful and fruitful in life. Right? So so the the main goal in affliction is get past it as fast as you can so you can get back to the real stuff. Right? The, The real life, the real plan. Right? It's pointless to just get through it, grit your teeth, get beyond it, and then you can get back to living. Right? We tend to assume that, don't we? Uh, or how about this one? Affliction means God is far away, and you're basically alone. Okay, God's going to take those on. Uh, the outline here is in the bulletin as we work our way through the rest of the, the passage. So first, God's work in affliction and comfort. God's work 
in the midst of affliction and comfort. Paul really highlights that God actually does something in the midst of difficulties. That right there, in the midst of the, the painful, the ugly, the hurt, God shows up and he works. He works in us, and he works through us. Okay, so he works in us. Uh, go to, to verse uh, 8 and 9. Here's this example in Paul's, in Paul's own life. He says, verse 8, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So Paul says, we, we went through this trial, and, and it was bad, and it, and it felt bad. But right in the middle of that, God did something. He says, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So God, in the midst of this, God was bringing Paul to the end of himself. Bringing Paul to the end of himself. If you were, if you're here last week, we used the illustration of, of a marathon runner, and the runner's running the race, and he's almost at the finish line, uh, but, but then he just wobbles and stumbles and falls flat. And you think of that guy, he's just so close to his, to his goal that he's been shooting for, for, for training for, etc. You think that guy there on the ground, if he's, if he's got anything left in the tank at that point, he's going to use it. Like, he, look how close. If he's got anything, now's the time. He's going to draw on those reserves. But he's not getting up because he's got nothing left. Zero. Nothing. And Paul says, That's, that was us. That was me. In the midst of this, this difficult suffering, I had nothing left in the tank. There was, there was no way Paul was going to come up with some kind of, you know, deep from within, oh, I've got a plan, or I can just kind of white-knuckle my way through this. No, Paul says, nothing. Paul's at the end of himself. He's got nothing but God. He's got nothing but, but God. And, and it's not just any God. It's the God he knows. It's the God who, who raises the dead. And, and, and thus, he, Paul knows that this God is powerful, and this God is committed to him. Right? Because the, the death and resurrection of Christ is the guarantee of God's love for us. Uh, and so, yeah, Paul's got nothing. Nothing but this God. Uh, and that's exactly what God was pressing into his life. That he couldn't rely on himself. Uh, they are in the midst of that. Something that's actually really true of every moment in Paul's life, and every moment in our lives, we can't really uh, rely on our own strength. Uh, but here in this, in this moment where he's, where he's in the desert, where he's in this affliction, where he really has got no sense of any reserves, anything in the tank, he's realizing, all I got is God, and maybe that's the point. Maybe that's, maybe that's enough. Uh, and Paul's changed by it. Uh, he's transformed by it. He grows in the midst of it. God brings him to the end of himself and does something there. Has God ever brought you to the end of yourself? Ever gotten to that point where you're like, I got nothing? It is, it is not fun, is it? 
Uh, it's not fun. God doesn't want you to pretend it's fun. Or even pretend that it's good in and of itself. Right? Paul being persecuted, that's not good. Right? Uh, cancer, that's, cancer is not good. Uh, you know, these are not good things. But the question is, what if God, in the midst of the not good, is doing something good? Right in the midst of that, that desert wasteland, that God is doing something as he brings us to the end of ourselves. Here's what author Paul Miller writes. He says, God takes everyone he loves to the desert. Finally, he gets your attention because he's the only game in town. Desert life sanctifies you. Gets your attention because he's the only game in town. Right? Has God brought you uh, to the desert? It's, it's not fun, but in the midst of the not good, God is doing something good. Uh, he's, he's suffusing your soul with this really critical truth uh, that you can't rely on yourself. Not there or really not in the rest of life. But you do have him. The God who raises the dead. And, and you start to see that God at work. You start to, it starts to change you. Uh, God starts to make you more and more beautiful, more and more useful. Because you're in the desert. Which actually transitions nicely to the next point. God, in the midst of, in the, midst of the not good afflictions, does something good. He works in us. And secondly, he works through us. Notice where Paul goes with this. This is back up in verse 4 now. See if you can follow the, the, the progression. Uh, verse 4, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort which we ourselves have received, uh, which we ourselves are comforted by God. See, see, see what part of what God is doing? Part of the good he's doing in the not good? Yeah, he's bringing us into affliction, and it's hard, and it's not fun. Uh, but he's doing what he promises in us. Right? He's bringing comfort to us. Right? We said God, God promises he's going to comfort us in affliction. Right? Maybe it's that, that comfort of getting us out of it, or maybe it's that comfort of giving us strength and weakness. But, but either, either one, God is, God is comforting us, just like he promised. Uh, but as he, prom as he powerfully comforts us in the wilderness... Uh, the plan is that that comfort to us is going to then flow through us, cascade down to comfort others who are also in the desert. And that's the plan. God comforts us, and then through us, he's going to comfort others. And down and on uh, it goes. Uh, God's comfort is not designed to stop with us, but designed to flow right, right through us. Uh, I, I once heard this described as God creates his people... Uh, to be streams, not ponds. You know, streams, not ponds. You, know, you think of, uh, okay, maybe you're in some kind of desert land and, and a pond, okay, the water just sits there. That's, that's good if you're near the pond, uh, but it doesn't help you if you're a mile down the way. Uh, but, but a stream, on the other hand, yeah, it brings life where it is, but it also flows through uh, and brings life down and on and on and on. Uh, and that's how God designed his work and his people. That his comfort so, uh, to us is not designed to just stop with us, 
but to, to bring life-giving water of his presence and his comfort to us, and then flow through to, to comfort uh, others. Um, have, you, have you seen this? Have you ever seen God do this? You know, can you look back and see uh, and see times, maybe it's in, the, in somebody else, you see someone else, another believer, and they're going through a really hard thing, and, but you see, you see how God, well, he sustains them. He cares for them. In the midst of really, really ugly stuff, God is holding them up. God is comforting them. And then all of a sudden, you're comforted. As you face something hard, uh, all of a sudden you say, well, okay, well, I guess, I guess if God sustains him, if God sustains her, well, maybe that same God is comforting, can sustain me. I had a wonderful example of this um, some time back. Some friends of mine going through a really, really just hard, just one of those desert kind of situations, uh, you know, awful, difficult thing. Um, and at one point they, they had asked me if, uh, you know, I would just you know, pray and, and maybe give them some encouragement. And, and, uh, and so we were talking back and forth for, uh, for a number of days. And you just, you just can feel the, the difficulty, the heartbreak, the, 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 the desert and uh, you know, you just you can tell that they got nothing left in the tank. They're they're tapped out. Like they got nothing in the midst of this. So finally, I was like, okay, well, let's 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 get together. Let's let's just talk and and pray. And so we get all together, uh, and and we're just talking about the difficulties, the challenges, and then all of a sudden, like God starts working, like like right there, uh, like like okay, the, the 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 affliction, the situation doesn't disappear instantly. But God starts working, right as we're talking together, right? God starts bringing each of them hope where there was, like, no hope an hour ago. Uh, God starts bringing them insight and wisdom where an hour ago it was just confusion. Uh, God starts increasing faith and trust in the Lord where, where, where that, that, just, that wasn't there. It was, it, was, it was shaking an hour before. And I'm just sitting there kind of, like, taking this in. And, and I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed by it. At one point, uh, one friend kind of interrupted me. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. I, I think I choked up and had tears in my eyes. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just, just amazed at what God is doing right here. This is, this is so amazing. Uh, and, 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 of course, you know, they didn't know necessarily. You know, it's been a challenging week for me. Not nearly as challenging for them. But, you know, just the everyday challenges and discouragements of, of life. Uh, but here's here's. You know, I get to see them in the desert, and, and God just bring this powerful, powerful comfort. And now all of a sudden, well, I'm comforted. I'm encouraged. Now, actually, it didn't even stop there, because I, I went home, and I, and, I, and I told Maggie, she already knew something about the situation. I told Maggie, you're never going to believe what happened. And I'm describing it to her, and she's choking up, and she's encouraged and comforted in the midst of where, where she is. Right, you see what, what God, God comforted one and then it flowed through and comforted somebody else and flowed through and comforted somebody else. That's how it's supposed to work. That's how God does waiting work. It, it, it doesn't mean it's always fun, right? You know, I, I, I would pray that my friends, you know, they never back in that desert. Uh, or I pray that you don't have to go to that desert. Uh, but, but the thing is, if, if God does take us to that place, to realize it's it's not it's not pointless. God's actually doing something really really powerful. He's changing us, uh, and through us, He's bringing comfort to others. 
So maybe just right here, we could say just three quick things that we can, we can conclude from this or do from this. If this is really true, how God comforts us uh, in the midst of affliction and others, we could say, one, don't be afraid to talk about what God is doing in your life. Right? Uh, and of course, some things are more private than others, but, but generally speaking, don't be afraid to talk about what's hard uh, and, and how God might be sustaining you. Because it feels weird sometimes, and I want to talk about myself, but truth is, we need to hear it. Right? We need to hear if God's, God's sustaining you, because it's going to sustain us. So don't be afraid to talk about what God is up to. Secondly, don't be surprised if God doesn't comfort you through one of his people. Right? They, they, you're, you're in a hard place, and, and along comes somebody else, another believer. Uh, and maybe you're in that hard place and you're thinking, man, where is God? He seems like nowhere to be found. Uh, well, if a believer comes and comes near and, and encourages you, guess what? That's God. That's God showing up. That's God bringing you comfort. He just does it through one of his people. That's what he loves to do. Uh, so don't be surprised if God shows up through his, through his people. Uh, and, and third, if this is really going to work, uh, this cascading comfort of God, then then, then we're going to have to be near to each other, right? We're going to have to have to know one another and and live life together uh, because it means we're going to see hard things, but that's where we're going to see the comfort and power of God. So don't be afraid to to, to draw near and stay near uh, to God's people, even if it's those hard times when you feel like, well, the thing I want to do is stay away from everybody. Isn't that usually how it works? You go through something hard, and you're like, this is where I want to stay away. Uh, well, that's exactly when you need other people, and we need you. Uh, it's hard, uh, but it's together that God that God works. Okay, so God's work in affliction, in us, through us. But then Paul also talks about this, well, this whole idea of how all this even is possible, uh, kind of deepening our understanding as he says, uh, speaks of the fellowship we have in affliction and in comfort. So first I want to talk about fellowship with Christ. So here, here we're trying to unpack what he's saying in verse 5. Uh, verse 5. See, see, see if you can catch the richness of this. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So pa Paul is, is kind of building on one of one of the New Testament's most important concepts, which is the idea of the believer's union with Jesus Christ. So here's how the Bible talks about what is really the core of being a Christian and the core of our salvation. Uh, that through faith and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are united to Jesus in this in this powerful uh, mystical type relationship, such that united to Christ. All that belongs to Jesus ends up being ours. Right? So this, is, this is how we get salvation. We're united to Jesus. So Jesus' righteousness, well, guess what? Now we have it. Uh, we're united to Jesus, and he's the eternal son, beloved of the Father. All of a sudden, we're adopted into the family as, as beloved sons and daughters. Yeah, because we're united to the son. Jesus uh, conquers sin and death, and, and we're connected to Jesus, and all of a sudden we're conquering sin more and more, and we're overcoming death. Yes, we're connected to him. What's his 
becomes ours. You start to see the idea. Paul's taking that idea. You're united to Jesus, believer, and what's Jesus becomes ours. And he's saying, okay, so let's think about that when it comes to suffering and comfort. We're united to Jesus, so, verse 5, we share abundantly in Jesus' sufferings. That's one of the things that's Jesus's, that's his. He, he suffers, right, a lot. You talk about someone uh, who goes to the desert, right? That, that's his whole earthly life, in summary. Temptations, uh, rejections, slander, of course, culminating ultimately in the, in the horrors and, and torments of the cross. Uh, Christ suffers. But Paul says, okay, well, wait a minute, that's Jesus's, and if we're connected to Jesus, then what's Jesus's becomes ours, oh, that means we're going to share in Christ's sufferings. This is what it means to suffer as a Christian. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's us sharing, having fellowship in the sufferings of Jesus. Uh, now, just push pause here before we get to the comfort side of it. And just kind of think about what that means, right? We, we, the believer suffers because we're connected to Jesus. We're sharing in his sufferings. So that means some really important things. What uh, it means, believer, you never suffer alone. Never. Never, never, never do you, as a believer in Christ, suffer by yourself. You are always in that connected to Jesus. In fact, it's one of the most powerful uh, demonstrations of your, of your connection to Jesus. So maybe, maybe Jesus feels far away as you're in the desert, but he's not. He's not. You're connected to him. In fact, it, it, Paul goes so far as to say we're, we're sharing in his sufferings. There's a sense in which what we go through as believers isn't really ours. Right, okay, you're going through the hard situation. It's really your life circumstances. Uh, but, but since you're connected to Jesus, it, it's really you walking in, in the sufferings of Jesus. It's you having fellowship in his sufferings. It's not just yours anymore. Uh, it's, it's you bound to Jesus. It's, it's sharing his sufferings. Uh, so, so you're never alone. You're, you're sharing in the sufferings of Jesus it doesn't make it easy, but it does bring encouragement. But Paul's not even done. Because he says, okay, well, let's follow this. We share in the sufferings of Jesus, because Jesus suffered, but Jesus doesn't stay there. Right? So he says, verse 5, For we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort, too. Okay? What's Jesus becomes ours, so Jesus suffers really bad. But he doesn't stay there, right? He's raised up. He's resurrected, empty tomb, uh, glorified, uh, right? He suffers the deepest of afflictions, but then the, the, the most outstanding comfort, right? The God of all comfort, uh, the God who raises the dead, Paul's been saying here, yeah, he raises Jesus, his son. He's raised up. There's the, so, so the comfort we're talking about, not just like little comfort, we're talking resurrection, glory, comfort, right? That's where, that's where Jesus goes. Uh, he suffers, but then he gets this ultimate resurrection, glory, comfort. And Paul says, 
if you're connected to Jesus, yeah, you're connected to his sufferings, but guess what that also means? That means you're by necessity connected to his comfort. Uh, that, that we will share and do share uh, in, the, in the resurrection glory comfort of Christ. Uh, and that applies to everything we've been talking about, about God's comfort. Okay, it's the, it's the ultimate comfort when Jesus returns, resurrection glory comfort. But even the comforts God brings right now, right, right where you are, Right, we said sometimes God takes the, the hard thing away. Sometimes he gives us strength in the midst of our weakness. But all that comfort, uh, what it really is, uh, is, is, is the comfort of Jesus. Right? Because we're walking that road with him, suffering uh, like Christ did. But now we're sharing in his comfort. Right? That resurrection glory comfort of Christ. And here, here's part of the take-home value. This is why it's guaranteed to you. This is why you never have to worry, uh, believer. You never have to worry, if you're in a hard place, whether God's going to actually deliver on this one. Because right? we do. We, when, when, we're in the, when we're in the desert, you, you start to lose hope. You start to have questions that, that, that make sense, but they're, they're, they're gut-wrenching. You know, like, oh, God, where are you? Um, you know, comfort, okay, maybe that, maybe that works for somebody else. Maybe God comforts uh, somebody else, but I don't know if he would comfort me uh, here in this place. Well, believer, here's, here's the guarantee uh, that God will absolutely, most definitely comfort you uh, because Christ has been raised from the dead and you're connected to him. Uh, and you're sharing the sufferings of Christ, and therefore you absolutely must and will share in the comfort of Christ. For, for that not to happen, somehow God, no comfort for you, guess what you would have to do? You would have to somehow get Jesus back in the tomb. Back dead. That, that's the only way that's going to happen. And that's not going to happen. This is what it means to be connected to Jesus. This is what it means to be a believer. It doesn't make it easy, but it gives us this, this strength that the, uh, while someone without Christ doesn't have it, can't know it, but, but we can have a confidence in the darkest of places uh, because, because we're, we're connected to Jesus. One more we're going to talk about quickly. Uh, something Paul kind of teases out here. He actually fleshes it out throughout the rest of the book. Um, so he teases it, we'll tease it, see if our, we can begin to wrap our minds around this. Uh, so we have fellowship with Jesus in our sufferings, but what about the fellowship we have with each other and what God does there? So this is verse 6. Uh, what's Paul talking about here? If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort. If we are afflicted, it's for your comfort. Paul, what are you, what are you talking about here? Uh, he, he's taking the same idea and kind of applying it to our relationships in the church. Okay, so you're connected to Jesus. So that everything that's his, uh, we, it's, it's ours now. We, we, we are in that same road, that same path. Um, and, and so Jesus, well, what, what are his afflictions, or what are they all about? Right? What's, what's the cross all about? Jesus is afflicted so that we can be comforted. Jesus is afflicted so that we can be comforted. 
And Paul says, ah, if you're connected to Jesus, guess what? You do that same thing. You, you mirror that. Not in exactly the same way. You don't suffer for somebody else's sin, but uh, you don't atone for sin. But that same road we mirror, uh, that, that part of what God does is we end up going through difficulties. We end up afflicted so that somebody else can be comfortable. That this is this is the love of Christ, uh, and it's and Paul's really going to get at the Corinthians here because because they assume like we tend to assume that 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 real real love for somebody real real ministry to somebody it looks like you being strong for somebody right you're strong and that's how you love somebody and Paul's going to say no, actually uh, the way of Christ is love, more often than not, looks like you being weak for somebody else. Uh, it looks like you going low so that somebody else can be lifted up. Because that's what Christ did. So Paul says, this is what I'm doing for you, Corinthians. I, we were afflicted so that you could be comforted. So don't be surprised if you start to see that. Again, Paul's going to flesh it out throughout the book. And help us understand his relationship and what our relationships are going to look like because of it. Uh, but it's a fellowship with each other uh, in affliction and in comfort. Because we're connected to Christ and we're connected to each other. But God is taking our assumptions. He's taking those things about, those beliefs about difficulty. Uh, things we just tend to assume but tend to guide us powerfully. And, and, he's, and he's flipping them upside down. We, we, we tend to assume that in hard times, God is far away and we're alone. Because maybe we feel that way. But God is coming and saying, flip that around. No, actually, quite the opposite. When a believer in Christ suffers, we're, we're united to Christ. In, in a sense, he's, he's never closer. Uh, because because it's, it's him. It's what he wants. And you're having fellowship with him. So believer, if you're going through a hard time, you are not alone. You might feel it, but you're not. The other thing that God is really challenging here is that, is that notion that affliction is pointless. Uh, that, that hard things in life are what kind of get in the way. Right? What you really need to do when something hard comes is you just kind of, let's see how fast we can get through it so that we can get back to the real stuff of life. That, that's kind of how we operate, isn't it? Uh, right? Affliction is this big interruption to the plan. And all of a sudden, God is flipping that on its head in Christ and saying, no, actually, affliction is the plan. At least a big part of it. Because it's Christ. It, it, it doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it fun. The cross wasn't easy. The cross wasn't fun. But God is doing something. He's transforming us. Uh, he's transforming others through us as the comfort of Christ comes uh, comes to us and cascades like a river. Right? It's, it's powerful. It isn't easy, but it's but it's the way of Jesus. And we get, this is how we get to know Him better uh, because we we walk the road and we're connected to Him. Uh, so expect God to do new good things. Uh, expect God to, to help you to know Jesus better uh, and, and strengthen you and strengthen others through you. So let's pray.
Father, we, we confess that, that what your word gives us is, is so different from what, what the world around us whispers in our ears, shouts in our ears, so different from what we're tempted to, uh, to, to cling to. And we're, we're thankful, Father, that you, you guide us with your truth. Uh, we pray that you would, you, would, uh, you would bring these things to mind, teach us, and, and bring them home so that uh, we can be refined and know you better and, and be useful instruments in your hands. And Lord, we pray that your Son would get all the glory. We ask it in his name. Amen.